Welcome back to another week of Hello Ladies, Feminism and Pro Wrestling. I'm one of your hosts, Sabrina Hannon. I am Megan Manley. And uh, yeah, there's, I feel like there's a lot to talk about in wrestling right now. I don't know when there's not a lot to talk about wrestling anymore, but yeah, it's been kind of insane for like what a couple months. It feels like years. Yes. Yeah, it does. Um, but yes. So first up, our fun little segment of weird random wrestling paraphernalia laying around. I have a non-sponsored bootios. Yes. And um, I got this at Comic-Con and I have to say, thank you, Scarlet. Get your butt out of my face. Um, and I have to say, before I found bootios, I too was booty. But thanks to Bootios, I'm no longer booty. <laughs> There's a lovely little unicorn on the back. I think you can like cut this out and stuff, but Lord knows. Oh, I don't want to know what I ate. They're basically like Lucky Charms. Mm-hmm. But I, I think my favorite thing is on the side here. Um, you can't really see it because of the lighting. But um, it has how to dance like Biggie. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> And it's very, very clearly him, but it's like the gyrating and the hand Perfect. behind the head. Yeah. Just have sex with the air. That's how you. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it necessarily says that. No, but it does say raise your left arm while turning your head in opposite direction. Hold to make a five count, then alternate. And then step number four is never stop gyrating. <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful. Yes. Yes. That came with um a t-shirt that is somewhere i know it wasn't the t-shirt that i had wanted they were all out of that one by then yeah yeah i've seen them at fye on the bootios i've seen that they sell them there yeah yeah i mean but i never got them they're not bad they're just like um lucky charms that's exactly what it is but you know with the new day (laughs) and they make sure you ain't booty i'm surprised they didn't sell um and maybe they did and i just didn't catch it but uh new day pancakes oh yeah i don't think they did i probably would have bought a new day um pancake mix i i can see you doing that (laughs) Mm -hmm. yes i know that's shocking about me i did find out this week that brock lesnar has a steak spice mix that that. yeah yeah um that because i watched that interview with uh pat mcafee which is really good um he pat mcafee does a great job with him and i learned that um, brock lesnar has grain on his farm that's what he does but he also raises some animals and butchers them and his butcher shop which he has made um which, you know, really fits who he is as a person. He lives his gimmick. The gimmick is him. Yeah, I guess. That's true. My cousin had a farm. Oh, has a farm. Yeah, I remember yeah. him telling me about, like, he would tell his daughters not to get attached to some of the animals. He'd be like, don't name them because we're going to be eating them. And that would horrify me when I hear those stories. Like, I understand that, Yeah. you know, meat's got to come from somewhere. But I don't like to think about it. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, 
Yeah, in theory, at least Brock Lesnar's livestock is living a nice life prior to their slaughter. I mean, I guess it's better than being in one of those mass like factory awful. Yeah. Yeah. This cat. Yeah. (laughs) She has just been so needy today. I turned on her heated bed and she does not care. She's just like, no, no, want to be with you. (laughs) She is like in there. Yeah. Yeah. Aw. Yeah, she's been very snuggly the past couple of days. Confused by the weather, I assume. Yeah, probably. Putting you onto the floor now. There you go. Go to your bed. Yeah, kind of think of it. Mine have been pretty much up my ass, too. Especially Lily. Like, she's been just more my shadow than normal. (laughs) She follows me everywhere. It's the cutest thing. Like, every time I get up to go anywhere, like, just to get a drink in the kitchen or if I run up to go to the bathroom... Like, oh, where are we going, Mom? <laughs> mm-hmm. Right behind me all the time. Yeah. My little shadow. <laughs> Some nice ASMR there with cat <laughs> breathing noises. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so funny. Like, I can't put her outside the room because she'll just cry. I can't even put her onto my... <laughs> Scarlett, this is this is a lot. I'm gonna get a restraining order. Please stop. <laughs> All right. So there we go. <laughs> Hope everyone who is watching enjoys my lovely stardust shirt, which looks so creepy looking over the cat. <laughs> that does look disturbing. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So. Um. I know. Megan did not watch the uh, Elimination Chamber in Saudi Arabia this year. No. But I did. Megan and her husband don't watch those shows. We we make a point not to watch those and give those shows ratings. Yeah. This was the first one that I watched because, one, I love Elimination Chamber um, matches usually. But yeah, so the women's chamber match was pretty good. Um, you know, it while Alexa Bliss did come out to like her spooky music, they changed it a bit, like her, like the the video for her entrance. And she wasn't doing anything particularly spooky. Like there was no magic or anything else that happened. She was, you know. I think she wasn't allowed to, from what I understood, that they couldn't do like. Oh, oh yeah like a woman in magic so that's why I didn't watch it but I saw that there was like no lily no no spooky like weird things happening I heard that that was just something that couldn't happen there so I'm sure it'll be back once they're back in the states I do have to say I thought it was so funny and like uh listening to cultaholic they had the same take as I did that um the women so they had to be you know pretty covered the outfits that they wear, they were wearing, I feel, were far more revealing than their usual ones because, like, that material, material was, like, straight up their cracks. <laughs> like, I was surprised they didn't have, because, you know, like, prior women's matches, they had, like, a bodysuit on like that, but they had to wear, like, a large oversized t-shirt. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if because of the match itself, like, the chamber match, if that would have been dangerous to have loose clothing in that match. I don't think so. Cause like also, so when they first started going there, um, 
I don't think women over a certain age were even allowed into the arena. There were women there throughout the arena. Mm. Um, and the, they were more, they were, everyone was dressed more Western. Like you didn't have like the traditional Saudi, um, outfits and coverings anywhere within there. So I think Saudi Arabia is certainly making positive changes for women and men. Um, just based on like because i have seen matches from the saudi shows over the years um and there's definitely more women there and people are dressed very differently and thankfully they're not getting bottles of water thrown at them as they're coming out like natty did yes yes exactly um then um Rhea Ripley also looked like a full-on dominatrix. <laughs> I've seen the outfit. Yeah. Um, my one friend M who's into wrestling but isn't into all of the like extra bullshit that we listen to or like all the backstage stuff, like she just turns in, tunes in and watches. And sometimes I wish that's what I do. <laughs> Especially after, like, she thought the um, Elimination Chamber show was great overall. Her only complaint was about, like, the men's match um, and both Goldbergs, because um, he said, like, that was a bit boring and was, or she said that was a bit boring and short. Um, and then, I thought it was short. I mean, you see what happens in longer matches. He almost kills yeah. himself and his opponent. Yeah. And then um, the men's elimination match, uh, she said, like, was very short once Brock Lesnar was introduced. But my problem with that match was so we now know that Bobby Lashley has a shoulder injury. Um, I wish when they were taking him out of the chamber and out of the cage, they didn't have all the guys in that one corner. If he had been off camera well that happened because it was like it was too much it was just too much it was pulling focus and those guys were doing like it was AJ Styles Seth Rollins um Austin Theory and Riddle they were doing some great stuff um while that was happening not that you could pay attention to it um that was my biggest complaint the F5 of Austin Theory like WWE often has and rightfully so like the criticism that younger talent doesn't get like um the stage and here we saw Austin Theory being the only one that kind of lasted with Brock Lesnar and he took that insane f5 off of the top of that uh pod yeah that was oh like I held my breath watching that I was like oh um yeah, from what I've seen people saying is that Austin Theory looked like a star during that match, that he looked just phenomenal, that it was a good, that even though he didn't win it, he didn't come off looking like a loser is yeah. pretty much the, the gist I got from what I was reading. Yeah, and a lot of people also really liked um, like what Riddle was doing in the match, which, I mean, out of everyone that was in there, the two that should have been protected were Riddle and um austin theory because they're the newest mm-hmm. um and yeah Plus riddle has the tag team title match thing coming up so i mean you can't really make him look like too much of a goof when he's got a title match coming up like yeah exactly in theory um, i mean it is wwe yeah. 
I mean, he, his whole, he did a whole like thing to Randy, which was great. Um, and I then RK, bro. I'm not even going to lie. I just, I love RK, bro. It's great. <laughs> the Lita and, um, uh, I almost said Trish. Wow. <laughs> Lita and Becky match was years, that's... <laughs> yeah um was I wasn't sure what to expect like I wanted it to be great and it started off like a wee bit slow but by the end like I was starting to edge towards like the edge of my seat like I was very engaged with it um there was a moment where I was even like are they really gonna give this to Lita huh um and then after Becky left the ring because obviously Becky won and they played her music out. They played Lita's music and she was just crying and it was it was a lovely moment. Um, and she went and took photos with fans, which was lovely or like shook hands rather, I should say. Brock Lesnar is so, the one that took photos with people afterwards. So I'm assuming that this is probably like the equivalent of when Charlotte and Trish had their match that this is probably going to be Lita's last match then like Becky's probably retiring her like Charlotte retired Trish I mean Lita's that's what I would assume except for the fact that Lita said that wasn't going to be the case now is she going to just like trot out around the big stuff maybe you know I wouldn't have a problem if her last match was at Wrestlemania like I would be completely fine with that and yeah. I love that Lita's such a fangirl of um, Rhea Ripley. Is she? Yes. Because, I mean, honestly, who the hell isn't? <laughs> yeah, Rhea Ripley's awesome. Yeah. There was a, a moment in the women's match where she had her and Bianca Belair started, like, facing off against one another. And then they put uh, Liv Morgan and Nikki A.S.H. into, uh, what the hell is it called when they standing suplex like they're getting ready to suplex them basically where they're holding them straight up in the air Mm -hmm. um and like brought them down to it was beautiful i think that ria and bianca are going to have one of those career like careers where they're right next to each other throughout it uh kind of like a rivalry like lita and trish both like roman type thing yes but i well no i would say actually seth and roman are both better when they're kind of heels right whereas these whereas Rhea and bianca i feel are both better when they're faces i mean seth isn't terrible as a baby face i, I mean his I last face one yeah i like what he is right now like mm-hmm. he just a tweener is probably a good way to describe it because He's not exactly like insulting the fans, but he does stuff in the ring that's kind of heelish. So <laughs> and he's getting cheered, you know what I mean? And like, yeah. Oh, he just a side note. Oh, what was a raw on Monday with like the whole crowd like singing his song and like him dance? Oh my god, I oh, yeah. loved every second of it. But you can go back to the Saudi thing. I'm sorry. Oh no. Um, the only other thing I was gonna say is uh, Ronda Rousey did a one winged angel one-winged angel like that is because i i saw her doing i was like that looks really familiar huh well, i wonder where i've seen that from because she's wearing a gi um my guess is she didn't feel comfortable wearing the skin tight 
outfits that everybody else was like so she put the gi on over which played really well for her character well she wore that to the olympics i saw it too so i don't know if she wore it for like any kind of significant reason oh yeah with the olympics going on but yeah that sonia deville and they are not Sonya, um naomi specifically did like was the outstanding in that match specifically i was so glad to see that like all the positive reaction to naomi and like yes. everybody saying that she was 100% the star of that match. Mm-hmm. I just, I was so happy to see that because I love her. And I feel like we need to see her more main event pictures again, like back yes. when she was, you know, champ. And she's just so good. And I feel like often overlooked. And like we said, I think it is a direct result from the trouble that her husband gets in. And she's the one that gets punished. Yeah. I didn't realize. So I, um, had tuned into NXT because I wanted to see the Ziggler and Champa match. Good marketing on WWE's part because I probably wouldn't have uh, mm-hmm. otherwise. But um, I saw, I, I, as I was fast forwarding through, I stopped because someone who looked so strikingly like the Usos was there. Sure enough, it's their little brother. I was just like, you could have been a triplet. <laughs> yeah, I think I saw that he's, getting into wrestling yeah i mean he's on nxt i didn't i didn't he might have wrestled i don't know if he did i fast forward through <laughs> but you know it is what it is i stopped i watched pete dunn's thing there was a moment with uh indy Hart- hartwell and dakota kai and interviews and kept on going i still find it really fun like i knew that the second that shampoo won that tag match on raw <laughs> I'm like, well, that definitely means he's going to be losing on NXT because if there's one thing WWE loves, it's their 50-50 booking. There can never be just like someone who wins. It's always got to be like a win, then a loss, then a win, then mm-hmm. a um, and then the feud goes on for 900 years. And <laughs> there's yeah. never really a good proper blow-off match. And if you think there's a proper blow-off match, they still feud for three months after the fact when it should have ended. And just, oh my God. Yeah. I mean, it oh. makes sense that he loses because he's probably going up to the main roster. It seems like he's raw now. Yeah. But I just and, feel like the match the night before was pointless. Like, why even have that then? I, mean, I, I think know. for um to get Finn Balor back, like, in the like conversation, even though I'm very excited to see Finn Balor versus Damian Priest. Like, I'm here for that. Yeah, that should be really good. Yeah. Um, I think Balor's going to win. Yeah, I I think so too. I think uh, Damian Priest is going to be pushed higher up the card, honestly. Mm. Um, and I like Damian Priest. I kind of liked what he was doing before the like Hulk angry smash thing, but um, I was shocked that they were booing him. Like that really surprised me because he's been pretty over. It, it must just be because it's Balor. Like people yeah. love Balor so much that I think they would boo almost anybody that was going to be versing him. Yeah, yeah. I would probably probably boo Damian Priest for Finn Balor. Yeah, I would cheer everybody. I just hope everyone has fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you go get them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh, but they they kept. So Champa didn't lose, like, he, I mean, he lost, but it was because Bobby Roode was just um, dressed as a cameraman and hit him with the camera, which 
I mean, <laughs> interference happens in wrestling. I wasn't upset by it. I completely forgot. This is so bad. I completely forgot about Bobby Roode because I was just like, who would be interfering in this? <laughs> I'm like, oh, yes, yes. So, Bobby Roode. Yep. But Dolph Ziggler will now be challenging for the NXT championship. I don't think he's going to win it. Yeah. Braun Breaker, like, while he's not bad at promos, he might want to consider doing the thing that Bret, Bret Hart did with wearing sunglasses because like his eyes sometimes give away that he is scared shitless. Mm-hmm. That's the Steiner kid, right? That's Braun yeah. Breaker. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah. I didn't watch. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? You love watching the new NXT. That is your favorite. Yeah. It's just that's the best. <laughs> you say it's very good, very evil. <laughs> I, you know what? It'd be way too much because, like, I'm at the point where I can barely remember what happened on Raw. Like, you know, that's just it's like wrestling overload. Because I, I mean, since we've last done the last podcast, Rampage has happened, the Elimination Chambers happened, Raw has happened, Dynamite has happened. And, SmackDown. Well, that'll be tomorrow. Oh yeah, Smack the other SmackDown from. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. There's just like I can't add in NXT too, or I'm just gonna start forgetting my name. <laughs> yeah, and like I will fast. F- so I don't. I look for when they put up AEW darks. I will take and look at because they put in who's going to be there. And if there's nobody that I care to see, I just skip it entirely. Otherwise, I, I have not. It. I haven't watched a, a dark since maybe like the first two weeks that they started doing dark. I just I don't like I you know how much I love AEW. I just don't have any interest in watching dark unless they have like Orange Cassidy or one of the best friends because they had them on there a lot for a while. Which is why I started watching them and Wardlow. Um, War Daddy. Yeah, War Daddy. They'll also have uh, like Ruby uh, Soho <laughs> as well. Uh, and I, I do do love her and Thunder Rosa. So <clears throat> there's, and right before they left, Brandy <laughs> was on wrestling. So, you know, it seems like most of the women's stuff happens on dark which means i should probably watch it considering that we do a wrestling slash feminism podcast but again like it's just so much content that i don't think my brain wants it mm-hmm. and for the most part it's just their exhibition like if there's someone who is any good with like within the women's division it's an exhibition match because they're going up again they're squashing somebody yeah um or it's two people that we have no idea who the hell they are. Um, so there's that. Yeah. Like, I, even thinking back to last Friday, the only thing that I can remember from Rampage at this point is the Trent and Jay White match. I know Adam Cole started, and I don't remember who it was. It 10? I think it was 10 from the Dark mm-hmm. Order. Yeah. Okay. So I, that I vaguely remember. Yeah, I, don't I, think- had, I had messaged you about how like I, that I didn't realize how wide Ten's back was. Like he's just like built. 
I feel like he's gotten bigger. Like, I don't remember him always being that, like, holy shit, he's huge. I I, I feel like he's bulked up or I'm just not remembering correctly. Mm-hmm. But he just, I don't know. The past couple of weeks when I've seen him, I'm, I, I have to take a double take. I'm like, did he always look that big? I'll have to go back and, like, look up, like, old BTs or something to see if I'm going crazy or if he really is bigger. Yeah. Or maybe maybe it's just like who who he's like uh, next to because adam cole has like a smaller like frame like a body frame whereas it looks like tens is just if if you put him next to who taz i feel like taz has like a wider back as well unlike that even when he comes out with all the dark order like he always did like when i see him come Mm -hmm. out of the tunnel I, I was like, oh my God, okay, I think he's bigger. I, I have to look. I don't mm-hmm. know. Maybe I just never noticed how big he was before or he it's, has bulked a little bit. Yeah, it's possible. I always am so shocked by how small Hook's frame is. If you look at how close his shoulders are together, like his mm-hmm. like from clavicle to clavicle or whatever, shoulder blade to shoulder blade, he's not very wide. Yeah, not and like I, his dad. No, uh, that always catches me off guard every time I see the the still before a fight. Um, it always I'm just like, oh yes, that's right. <laughs> did you watch BT this week? I did. did you, how about book being the the lawyer for the the Dark Order? You know, like it was just offer the judge chips. <laughs> oh yeah, some Doritos. I feel like they're going to be trying to get him on to BTE more because people really want him on. I wonder when he's going to speak for the first time. We haven't heard a word out of that kid since he came out. Yeah. I don't even know what he sounds like. (laughs) Imagine if he has like a Mickey Mouse voice. (laughs) The same thing. That's why. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I was just thinking it'd be really funny if he like, we represent. (laughs) I don't know what'll be weirder if he sounds like that or if he sounds exactly like Taz. That'd be strange too. Because that voice doesn't sound like it would be coming out of him either or look like. No, no. (laughs) I'm just very curious to hear like what his first promo is going to be and who it's going. It's going to have to be like a major feud to get him to actually speak. Yeah. Speaking of promos. Oof. MJF. And that promo he cut, like, and it's one of those things where as you're listening to it, you know, there are bits of truth sprinkled into it. It's just a matter of how much of it is true. Um, like we, we were talking, Megan and I uh, were talking <laughs> last night, I think it was. Yeah, right? it was yeah. during the show. About how specifically I think the incident with. Uh, quarters being thrown at him and him being told to pick them up that seemed too specific to be something made up yeah um and while it might not have happened when he said it happened or like i i completely believe the the football thing but um it might not have lined up perfectly with punk like i i think he probably adjusted his timelines to make them fit. Mm-hmm. 
But man, the only criticism I have is MJF always uses his outside voice. (laughs) You know, when he's giving promos, like he really yells into the microphone. And I think he could have, if on some of those parts, if he had like dialed back his voice, not too much, but just a little bit, it would have like really stabbed the knife into everyone's hearts just a little bit more. Um, But I mean, it was fantastic. Yeah. I think that was the best promo that we have seen out of him in AEW so far. And he's had some bangers to begin with. Mm -hmm. It was just. I, like after I got done watching it, uh, Brian and I looked at each other and I just went, wow, like that was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And I mean, even as you're watching it, MJF is a heel. We all clearly know that he's a heel. I know at some point that it's going to be like, I was lying. You know what I mean? Like he's going to be like, I was lying, like possibly, or I like use this somehow in some advantage every villain has an origin story so that's also very true Mm -hmm. i i mean i don't think that it's going to end up being that he was as sincere like as he you know like some there's going to be some kind of twist and we all are very much aware of that however looking on the response to his tweet when he said something about like that was all real like whatever he tweeted after that and there were a lot of people that have ADHD or have kids that have it yeah. that were saying to him, like, you know, I understand that it was a promo and that you might go back on it, but I really appreciate what you said. And he gave a lot of kids hope or like, I know that, like I saw another one saying, like, I know you don't break kayfabe, but I want you to know, I'm, I really appreciate like what you said tonight and it really hit home. And he really got like he really got through to a lot of people from that promo mm-hmm. and I think that that was really important too like there's a lot of kids that probably have a lot in common with what he said that were watching that and thinking like okay well I can grow up to be like this too like I can I can be successful yeah mm-hmm. uh he I feel like he has talked about in some of the interviews before that I've heard about him having ADHD like there's a couple floating out there you really go down the YouTube rabbit hole, you will find them of him out of character it's before he ever got to AEW. And uh, he's, he, he's, he's a really good interview. I actually like his interviews more when they're shoot interviews because when he's in character, you're like there's just certain answers that you're going to get for certain things, no matter how many times he's asked mm-hmm. um but yeah it was just it, it it was an amazing promo and then the cherry on top of course is cm punk coming out and saying is it true and that one single <sighs> tear sliding down that had already slid down his face and he says like yes and leaves i and- love that they did that not on the microphone yeah that they made it seem like more of a real moment oh hang on yeah oh oh i'm so sorry i had to sneeze <laughs> may john cena bless you thank you <laughs> yabadoo yabadoo <laughs> oh sorry about that the, the change in the weather my allergies are just out of control 
It's all the cocaine you do, don't lie. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. <laughs> all the coke. Excuse me. <laughs> I'm just kidding for any like just audio only. <laughs> right. There's no there's no coke. I, I have always been too afraid to do any hard drugs, so I mean it's a pretty good fear to have, especially if you're someone who has like an addictive personality. I just always thought that, see, this is where my anxiety like comes into my benefit Mm -hmm. is I always figured that I would be like one of those rare cases of like my heart exploding the first time I do (laughs) coke. Like when you hear that felt like that happening to people. So I was always like, no, I'm good. I'll just, I'll I'll smoke pot now. And then like with you guys, that's fine. That ain't going to kill me, but you can keep your coke. (laughs) My favorite cocaine fact that I know (laughs) is, (laughs) is. They used to use cocaine. They would so if someone was dying or very ill, doctors would take and put cocaine around like the patient's anus. Or why? <laughs> to help with the pain and like I think just like I don't know why there. I mean it absorbs quickly, I guess, but I think doctors were just freaky. <laughs> Well, I mean, doctors' answers for everything for a while was cocaine. Like, put coke yeah. on the baby's teething gums. Put, like, you know. I mean, that will stop them from crying. It might. Sure, it will. They might climb up your wall, but <laughs> that's how Spider-Man was invented. <laughs> Stanley gave his kid some coke, and <laughs> oh lord, the resulting product was Spider-Man. <laughs> oh god but wrestling <laughs> mjf and cm punk before i sneezed and we talked about coke <laughs> no i what was i saying oh how i liked how they did it like off mic like it made mm-hmm. it feel like more of a real it was just it was good professional wrestling like it just it reminded me of watching wrestling when i was a kid like that kind of stuff like not all flashy sports entertaining like grabbing some from real like some truth from real life and embellishing it a little bit for storyline it was just I'm more invested in this feud now than I was it was just beautifully done absolutely beautifully done and before I forget I did take and watch uh South Paul wrestling South Paul wrestling did you finally watch it yes isn't it great (laughs) Yeah, I think there's four episodes or something on Peacock that you can see, and they're short, but my God. Chad, too bad. <laughs> the, the ending is is what, when you said about old school wrestling, mm-hmm. because old school wrestling was really fucking weird. <laughs> like, Lethal leap year. Yeah. <laughs> there's not even a leap year that year. <laughs> yeah, but it ends with like a clip of I think it's Piper bringing I forget who it is out like that's chained under a sheet and like just this really weird nonsense thing that they did and it's like yeah yeah some things are better today <laughs> Cena Fandango Gallows and Anderson they are the four MVPs of that whole self-pot wrestling because they are the best I mean Breeze did a really good job with that fake mustache on <laughs> And being the guy who bought the farm yeah yes that's the he he was funny too but the the four of them in particular though like especially fandango 
<laughs> he killed me with that obsession with that ex-girlfriend and just like depressed and the drinking yeah. and like he said almost nothing but he did fantastic you know I didn't realize that that was him for the first few minutes the first time I watched it because he just looked so different with like that comb over thing and everything <laughs> like I didn't, I didn't realize. and then I was like is that Fandango mm-hmm. yeah and I um I really love Jericho's interviewing as like <laughs> mean gene or like the brain it was fantastic <laughs> My absolute favorite, though, absolute favorite is Luke Gallows. I mean, he is just, he's the star. He is the star of Southpaw Regional Wrestling. I guess how that started was it was something that they just used to do backstage, like, and then they started recording it, and then they released it, and I am so glad that they did, because it's fantastic. There was, uh, I can't even remember what John Cena said, (laughs) it's just he said something and the look on his face i was cackling like it was oh i'm so glad you watched it it was now i feel like watching them again yeah i'm gonna make nom watch it i have a southpaw regional wrestling t-shirt somewhere i'm gonna have to break that out and wear it on the podcast yes that is amazing they used to sell them on the wwe shop when those were coming out and i i it was on sale, like during one of their sales, I think it was like $12 and like, okay, yeah, I'm going to definitely buy that. Yeah. That is my favorite thing about WWE shop is that you can just wait for things to go on sale. They usually mm-hmm. do at some point. And then suddenly you have four new shirts for the cost of one and a half. Right. I, I don't really have a lot of WWE merch, to be honest with you. I'm I'm very yeah, full up on AEW. Hi. No, not at all. <laughs> you know what I do remember that I have is I have a Okada shirt that I'm going to have to find a wear to. I would imagine. Do you have a lot of uh, New Japan shirts? Um, I have. So I have my Kenny Bullet Club shirt, the, like the 8-bit looking one, um, like the video game one. I have a Hangman um, Bullet Club shirt. And then I have my Rainmaker, uh, my Okada Rainmaker shirt. They're the only like New Japan shirts that I have. Um, I Brian just has a Bullet Club like in general shirt, and he had a Marty Scurll Villain Club that he doesn't wear after you know allegations happened. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like tucked in a drawer somewhere. Um, but other than that, I have AEW stuff. Like I have. I think the first the first elite shirt of Kenny's that came out I had the cat on it when they AEW first became a thing um I have a hoodie I have a Kenny hoodie a dark order hoodie um CM Punk shirt I ordered um that night where nobody can got on, get on to the website to order the shirt I it took me 15 hours and I finally got to order it Actually, I think I ordered it during my pre-Cana classes for my wedding. We went on on break and I was like still trying to order the shirt. <laughs> um, um, Young Bucks one was yeah. pre-AEW. Do you want to talk about uh, that Kenny Omega photo? Oh, the Rolling Stone one? Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know what I can say about that. That won't make me look like a creep. <laughs> <laughs> 
all I know is I stopped dead scrolling when I saw that picture. Oh, hang on. Let's see if they can pick it up on the. I still stand by my, he looks like the villain in a teen rom-com from, or not necessarily a teen, but we would have been teens or younger, uh, pre-teens in like, the n- early 2000s. Yeah. That I one. Didn't, I didn't even realize that was him initially. Oh, I, I'm very much a fan of Kenny in a suit, it turns out. Because <laughs> that is going to be a background on my phone. Like it was my wedding photo, but now it's actually not. <laughs> the background on my phone is from that webcomic that I read about Persephone and Hades. <laughs> oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. The yeah, background of mine remember. is my dog, so I don't even remember why someone posted that. It was in one of those groups and it was something about him. And I just stopped and saved the picture and immediately sent it to you. <laughs> Kenny Omega had shared it recently. That's how I, it's like um, two, three days maybe before. I want to say on his Facebook, that's where it was show, uh, shared. Like his public Facebook, not his. Kenny Omega and I are not like BFFs where, <laughs> where I'm on his real that, Facebook. Maybe that's, that might be where I saw it then. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I know it was one of the groups on Facebook. I I don't even pay attention like to what group is what sometimes when I see things I just either like it comment steal a picture and move on <laughs> yeah I had to leave that um AEW one it was too toxic for me oh did you end up leaving it yeah it was it was too much well yeah sometimes it gets a little it's still real to me damn it like yeah like I I'm in a Dan Housen fan group one that is just so innocent and pure and i love it <laughs> no swearing no swearing his parents are in it for crying yeah. out loud like it's wonderful yeah because when he made his debut his um his dad put out this post that was just so sweet and yeah it's great i love that mm-hmm. I yeah, just his, that- <clears throat> his dad like I think his dad might be a magician or something based on some photo. I don't know, though. But when you look at his dad, it's very clear how he got to be Danhausen that we know and love. I was going to say that would be a very big piece of his puzzle if his dad was a magician. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Very, very large piece of that puzzle. And I would absolutely... I think like performing is just in his blood. Even his wife is uh, a burlesque dancer. And he like travels around yeah that's cool yeah she him and Mel- melissa joan hart was backstage at AEW, so you saw everyone getting photos but him and his wife got a photo with her as well she was did they show her on bt i i can't remember or they were talking about it at least i, I know that the name of the the episode was like matt jackson explains it all or something like that yeah and they act like they're going to be talking about cody but they're talking oh, about their lost so bags funny. like what the fuck happened to cody mm-hmm. <laughs> i but they were really talking about their their stolen luggage yes oh and i love the segment with adam cole kyle o'reilly and uh bobby fish going into adam cole's room <laughs> and the air guitar yeah and the flute and the call call me call me 
also Bobby Fish playing the tambourine and basically just smacking his ass. <laughs> I was dead. It was beautiful. Though I was half expecting Britt to be in the other bed again and being like, what the fuck? Yeah, I was really waiting for that. I wish they had had done that. <laughs> that is. I said after I watched that, that that was the first episode of BTE in a while that I felt like it felt like an episode of BTE. Like it felt like an old school episode because for a while they haven't. And this one just really had that like old school feel about it to me for whatever reason. I, I don't know. I liked it. It was one of my favorite ones in a while. It was quite entertaining. And I think the Bucks are definitely going face soon. Yeah. Yeah. As against O'Reilly and Fish. Yeah. Yeah. Because especially last night when Hangman came in and they were just both like walked out. They're like, nope. And we don't want to fight you. See you later. Mm-hmm. And I will. I, I really appreciate how they're handling all of this especially without Kenny Omega is going he was hoping to come back in March but he's saying now he's not gonna make it and the reason being that he can't get into doctor's appointments which makes so much sense I bet he's missing Canada a whole lot right now and he he would fit that has to be so painful for him in a way because he would fit so perfectly into all of this that it's going, the roof's going to come off the place when he comes back. Oh, hundred percent. Which was and a guarantee to begin with, but you know, there's really also now. more behind the scenes. There's more in New Japan that's playing into this as well, because apparently Jay White has turned on Tomatanga and Tangaloa, which are part of the Bullet Club, like OG members of like Finn Balor, like Prince Devitt era, mm-hmm. like Bullet Club, and. Tony Khan is teasing like this huge thing that's going to happen. And apparently uh, Japan has just like relaxed their restrictions where they're open now for travel Mm -hmm. back and forth. So I think that there's going to be a big ass new Japan like crossover thing happening. I think we might be seeing Okada sooner than you think, like with the whole best friends and Mm -hmm. um, chaos thing. Um. I think we're going to end up seeing like a bullet club civil war like that between like bullet club and elite and then like bullet club now it's just there's gonna there's gonna be a lot of shit I think that's going down between new japan and um AEW and I'm so excited to see it that'll be beautiful to see and then for Kenny to come back like during like a civil war with the whole oh my god it's just gonna be a bushy Oh, I know. Oh, Golden Lovers. The Golden yep. Elite. Oh, Kenny and Ibushi and the Young Bucks back together again. I just, I'm so excited. I feel like like this summer coming up for wrestling is going to be really exciting. I think there's going to be a lot of fun stuff that's going to end up happening. Yes, I hope so. <laughs> um, did, did you catch any of Kyle O'Reilly on Renee? Um, Quetz podcast no oral sessions so I know I messaged you this that he is a theater kid which I love he played Danny Zuko in Greece uh, I think he said in his sophomore year of high school <laughs> fantastic <laughs> as a theater kid myself 
I was not the biggest Kyle O'Reilly fan, but now I am. <laughs> that and listening to him talk about, so he just became a father. Um, his daughter Jade was born and she was named after his mother, who he said is like was a staunch feminist, like and that he's so excited. He's always wanted to have a little girl. And like I, I was just like, yes. Men talking about how much they love their feminist mothers. Yes. Yay. <laughs> Fantastic. So you've done a total 180 on them then. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I still don't want them to beat the young bucks, but I now forgive him doing. It also makes more sense when he was stomping around the ring when he first made that appearance and I think I had even said, like, that's something you do in theater for people who can't see you. Like, everything has to be so much more exaggerated. Mm-hmm. So I'm more forgiving of that now. <laughs> I I think that they're going to end up becoming the tag champs. I don't Most think um, I don't think Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy are going to have it. You know, their reign has been mildly disappointing, which is kind of a bummer because I have wanted it's again faces like. I, I have wanted to see them become tag team champions since 2020. Like for a while, I was like really behind them winning the belts. And when they finally did, I was like super stoked for them. But they've also had a very lackluster reign. Like I don't feel like they've really had a lot of defenses. I sometimes forget that they're the tag team champions. Yeah, it, it's sad because they are... They're a a great team. Yeah, they're a real good tag team. They're they're so over, especially. I mean, even Luchasaurus is. I mean, you hear crowds that like chant Mm -hmm. for Luchasaurus during like his matches. They're they're both super over. They're both super talented. Yeah, I don't understand how they're dropping the ball on this title right either. No, they're amazing. And I will say the battle royale. I guess you would call it of the tag teams that they had. I love that they had all the tag teams start outside the ring like that and then jump in. It makes so much more sense than when everyone is just standing in the ring and then all of a sudden it's like, go! Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> yeah, it was well done. I mean, there were there were some moments where I was just like, eh, with some of the things that they showed, but mm. overall, that was a great match. I'm normally not a huge fan of tag team battle royals i feel like there's usually like way too many people involved as opposed to like a single person's competition later like battle royal but it seemed like they got rid of a lot of the partners very quickly so then it was like only one person left from each team and i loved the teams that they ended it with what was it it was the young bucks dark order best friends um FTR Fish and Bobby or Fish and Bobby Kyle and was it Red Dragon? Red Dragon. I keep wanting to call them Blood Dragon. (laughs) I don't know why. Blood Dragon. Was that all them? Dark Lord. Yeah. It was six. Friends. FTR and Santana and Ortiz, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Santana. That they're some of my favorite tag teams in the whole company. So, like, Mm-hmm. or factions depending his best friends is more of a faction, faction than a tag team at this point yeah there's a tag team that 
made more friends. Right. Yeah, it started out just uh, Chuck and Brent and then, or yeah, Chuck and Trent. And then they brought in Orange Cat, like Orange Cassidy was like tagging along with them. And then Chris, she started like tagging along with them. And then other dude that I can never remember his name. And I feel so terrible that I can never remember his name. Oh, um, Yuda. Yes. And who there's there somebody else with them? Now? Oh, uh, Rocky. And Danhausen, technically. Yeah, that's true. I, so with Trent coming back, they he has just been losing so so much it seems so i was glad that he was the last one from the team in there because Mm -hmm. he needed that i'm not particularly happy with the booking they've been doing for the best friends in general it's that same like baby face they they're so over i feel like they feel like in order to get these new people coming in who are heels to cement them as heels which made the best friends yeah which i was fine with with being adam cole because adam cole was going to be so beloved by the fans the only way to make them like to make people hate him would be to have him do something to more yeah but they did not i don't they're they've just done that too many times gone to the best friends and be like hey you're putting these guys over because they're bad and they're new and we need you to do that i see with jay white like with trent there's no way that he was gonna lose there was no way that jay white was gonna lose because they new japan was not letting jay white come over to lose yeah it just wasn't going to happen. So, I mean, there were a few times in the match that I thought maybe he was going to lose. But, I I mean, truthfully, like, realistically, he was never going to, like, Trent was never winning that match. I'm also, this has nothing to do with anything other than I'm really happy that Trent cut his hair. <laughs> I miss the long hair. I think he looks so much better now. Good I, choice, sir. I was partial to the long I don't think it looks bad. It's just I was partial to the long hair on him. You know who I miss seeing more regularly, though? Chris mm-hmm. Statlander. I feel yeah. like I have not seen her in a while. But also, I've consumed so much wrestling recently. It might just be like a week and a half. She might like be off. I mean, it seems like some people disappear for like a week or two and i think that they just get more time off than they do in wwe Mm. seems like there's a better like work-life balance in aew because sometimes people will just be gone for like two weeks and then they come back and i think they're just given more time off to be honest with you well a lot of them have or have had other they're working for other promotions too Mm. um i forget who is a good example of that but then you have other people kenny omega being one of them who worked himself nearly to death and i feel like at some point someone should have stepped in and been like i'm sorry you have vertigo still that's a problem like (laughs) we need to keep you out of the ring for a little bit 
because clearly it's something they could have done. That's what they've been doing with Adam Page's whole reign. Yeah. Yeah. And he might have been stubborn about it. You never know. Yeah. I'm sure that was very much so it because he's I think Omega has said himself in interviews that he can. I don't think stubborn was the way, but he can be a little hard to convince. A little hard headed. Yeah. Hard headed. There we go. <clears throat> but I can um, wait till he comes back. I mean, obviously, yeah, I want him healthy, but I just I definitely feel his absence every week. Mm-hmm. I hope he's enjoying his time off too. I hope it's not just all because also with the injury he had, I'm sure he couldn't really play his, the video games because I also sure. imagine that he's someone who tenses up in certain games. <laughs> Yeah, probably. Street I've been there. Line. Yeah. So like you move with the game and yeah. yeah. So uh, I hope he was able to find something else that was relaxing. Well, I mean, his little feud with uh, Creed slash Woods on Twitter the other day cracked me up. Yes. <laughs> They're back They're... and forth. I always enjoy. Mm-hmm. They're phenomenal. Mm-hmm. AJ I would love to see them do something together again, but I don't know if that'll be a lot at this point. Yeah, just the New Day versus the Young Bucks and or the Elite rather would be fantastic. That, it doesn't even have to be wrestling related. Like that Street Fighter thing that they did was just that was fun to watch. I just like I like the chemistry between um like Creed slash Woods and Kenny. I like their friendship. Like they have a good good little banter together. I would love once they all retire for them to shoot things where it looks like they're at like a retirement home <laughs> and they're just playing like uh, chess or checkers against each other, getting really into it. Oh, God, you just gave me like flashbacks of the old day. <laughs> the worst yes. segment in WWE. Yeah. I was like, what? For a second, that... I, I thought of like happy days no. or something. I'm like, what? No, I don't remember old... this show on Nick at Night. No, that old day segment. That and like Bailey, this is your life were like the two worst segments that I think they have ever done. Like <laughs> recently. Again, after I saw that thing from the 80s. That's true. That was oof. Oof. Yeah, that's your recent era. That oh my god, both of those were just horrible. <laughs> yeah. Poor Bailey. Yeah. <laughs> Or Bailey. I love Bailey. I miss her. I want her back. Yeah. She's another one that I miss a lot too. Mm-hmm. Bailey, if you're listening, come back to us. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully she's okay. And like I'm Bailey and Asuka, they're two that I can't wait to see anywhere again. Like I don't care where. Just please wrestle again. Yeah. Uh, I think I think they're both better-ish now i mean i'm sure they're better in general but i think they're about ring ready at this point um so wrestlemania maybe i don't know if like will we even get heel bailey backs people will be so happy to see her back again she's gonna get a massive like massive pop i think we'll get heel bailey just because she did so well as heel bailey and I think she really enjoyed it. 
And I never thought in a million years that Becky Lynch would come back and they'd make her a heel. But in general, I like Becky's healness. I really like her outfits. She's living her best Spice Girl life, as we've talked about. I don't I don't like this Becky. I don't like when she's a heel because it it doesn't seem as natural for her. And like the facial expressions that she makes are I'm not digging this Becky. It's just like so overdone that it's not entertaining to me. Like it just, it feels so forced. I don't think she's a good heel. I don't think she like transitions well to it. And like Bailey, I never thought could be a heel, but for whatever reason, like it worked. Like she did like Bailey versus Michael Cole is the best feud of the last 10 years. <laughs> like, yeah. just fantastic. I don't know what it is with Becky, but it just doesn't click. It just doesn't click with me. Oh, I like her. And I like her as a heel on commentary. When she's pops on to just say like the shitty little things that she says. I just, it could also be that I'm so in awe of her fashion right now. <laughs> and what, what she's doing. I, I just really enjoy it so much. <laughs> It comes off to me as somebody that is playing a heel on TV, not like you can actively see that they are trying to be a heel that I don't want to know that you're trying to be a heel. I just want you to naturally be one, if that makes sense. Like, I don't know. It just doesn't click. I, I, I feel like it's too forced. And I know it was her choice to come back as a heel mm-hmm. that she wanted to do that, but after being gone for that long and having a child and like, you know, posting like your pictures of you and your happy family and everything. And then trying to come back as a heel when you were the most beloved person in wrestling and like, it just didn't work. Maybe like if she gave it like a couple months, like, and then turned, but immediately coming back after everybody like couldn't wait to see you again and was so happy for you and Seth and like, it just, I don't know. I just felt like it was poor timing. And I, I didn't like that we had to squash Bianca in like 18 seconds to make it work either. Yeah. It felt like that really halted her momentum that she had. I mean, she's getting it back now, obviously, like she's going to have her match at WrestleMania and I think she's going to win it. But Bianca was like a rocket. Like she was just becoming one of the hottest things in the business too. And that really stunted all the momentum that she had. And I didn't like that either. I feel like Bianca was done dirty in the whole process with it too. And that left a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah. I really love Bianca's like, well, she'll, she'll either say girl or the person's name and go, uh, uh, mm-hmm. they've made a shirt with that on it. And I love it because it's, that's one of those things where I know that is some point going to come out of my mouth. it's genius and i'm sure that's something like she naturally says um (laughs) maybe to maybe to her stepkids or bonus kids however you want to call them like uh, no another cookie Uh -uh. (laughs) (laughs) uh-uh she probably says it to montez ford more than anything (laughs) yeah yes those two are just so sweet (laughs) I know yeah. we talked about that last week, but seriously. Did you see him with Otis? Like, 
holding oh my god mm-hmm. it was like my dude you're gonna die <laughs> put that he, man down <laughs> he's been training with bianca it seems. yeah because bianca picked up otis too remember that yep yeah that she was did. the moment that was the moment i was like okay this girl is just amazing yeah i i think she's physically I, I, yeah i think she's probably physically stronger than rhea ripley but it's close <laughs> I think she might physically be one of the strongest people in that whole company. <laughs> she, they've is, said that too before on commentary that she might be the strongest person pound for pound in the company. Company, yeah, she's just an incredible athlete. It's just mind blowing what you, that girl does. Like she's just unbelievable. I really yeah. hope she wins the belt back, and I hope that she doesn't get done dirty again during her title reign. She seems so, she's one of those people that just seems so great. Like, do you remember the special that they came out with before WrestleMania of with her and her parents and mm-hmm. or maybe right after and just how excited they were for her and everything? Oh, she like after seeing that, I just want her to have the best life. <laughs> That's what I want for Bianca Belair. I want her to have all of the things. I said the other night that I have never seen anybody in the ring that looked more genuinely happier, like to be a wrestler than Bianca Belair. Like she mm-hmm. looks like that she, I'm sure, I mean, all of them are living their dream, but you can always see it on her face that like, oh my God, this is just where I want to be. Like she just looks so content in the ring and just so happy. And I love it. I, I love seeing someone that like loves what they do and it comes across to the audience too. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Speaking of how people look, I guess, (laughs) Chris Jericho, I don't know what it is he has done, but he looks so much better now between like his skin is not so red and puffy. His body is not so (laughs) bloated. Hello, cat. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. We're not showing that to the camera. Nope. <laughs> no, I agree. Uh, Jericho looks better now than he has in a while. Like he just looked, he looks fantastic. Whatever he's doing is definitely working. I don't know if maybe like he cut down on drinking or that is 100% he... my thought. I think, I don't know if maybe Mox was his drinking buddy or something because it was about that same time. Or if that just kind of like, I don't want to say like inspired, but like influenced him to maybe do the same, like to cut back at least. He just, he looks like 10 years younger than he did even like a year ago. He looks amazing. Yeah. And which is why I'm thinking he's stopped the drinking or at least significantly cut back on it. And that segment with him and Eddie, like as much as I was able to pay attention during like the crazy fire that happened by my parents' house, mm-hmm. but, like, that that segment was great. And that thing that Eddie said about like I want the Chris Jericho that your like your good friend Levesque hated, I was like, oh man, that was just a great. Eddie Kingston's always fantastic for bringing like realness into into the promos, and that is why I love him. 
Like I love the fact when Chris said something about like a or Jericho said something about like a baby face, and you hear Eddie going like, "What's a baby face? What's a baby face?" Mm-hmm. I just I I I I can listen to Eddie Kingston talk for like six hours straight and not get sick of it. I think he is phenomenal. He is one of my favorites to listen to on the mic. Like fantastic. I've never been a big Eddie Kingston fan, but that definitely won me over last night the a whole bit they had going between them i was just like okay yeah i can get behind this dude i i adore him he reminds me of like half the guys i would have been friends with in high school to be honest with you like he looks exactly like some like one kid that i grew up with that passed away which is another reason why i think i'm like gravitated towards him Mm -hmm. because he reminds me of an old friend that i had but I I just I've liked him from the second like I didn't know him from the indies like other people did I I'm not that deep in like like, I know some people from indies but I didn't know who Eddie Kingston was and I know when he came out that first night for it was when Cody was doing like the open challenges for the the TNT title and I know like people went crazy for him and then like Twitter was like sign Eddie Kingston like I liked him almost immediately when he came out and like he was talking he just wrestled different it was like he's more of a brawler than like a wrestler and I don't know I I liked him from day one and I'm really hoping really hoping that he wins this match because I mean Jericho doesn't need it like Jericho doesn't need the win Jericho I think has been very good and gracious uh about putting the younger talent over or the newer to a the main stage talent over. I think if Eddie Kingston was someone who had the background of say Daniel Bryan um, or Brian Danielson. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. I can't. Will you stop showing your butthole cat? (laughs) No one wants to see it. Uh, I think if he had that kind of background, Jericho might win. I don't think he'll be winning against Eddie Kingston, nor do I think he should. Hello. No, please get out of my face. Yeah, if it was like Jericho against like Punk or Danielson or you know somebody else that's already like Billy really Kenny. established, I like even like Kenny, you know, like any like people like that can go either way. Like I wouldn't care if Jericho won or not, mm-hmm. but yeah, like Eddie Eddie should win this match he should definitely win it i wanted him to win his match against punk like i i love cm punk i loved cm he is what got me back into wrestling and i was 100 percent besides eddie king or behind eddie kingston when they had that match and i was actually a little disappointed when he lost even though i knew he was going to i knew that eddie kingston was not going to be punk's first loss i said from the beginning it was going to be mjf and that ended up coming to pass yeah but I was bummed. I wanted Eddie to win. Eddie needs a win. <laughs> Off the topic of uh, Eddie Kingston. So I've been watching Relatively Famous now for, I don't know, two, three weeks. And it's, I, I don't think they're even having 10 episodes from what I'm guessing. I think their they're grand reopening started with this past episode and is finishing up I assume in the next one and I think that'll be under 10 episodes so maybe they'll stretch it to 10 but 
two things about Austin Gunn. First thing, he on Twitter he referred to Road Dog as Uncle Road Dog. And I was like, oh my God, he would be your Uncle Road Dog. That is so sweet. Oh my God, I actually love that. <laughs> yeah, Uncle Road Dog. What how beautiful. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I don't know why, but it's just like, oh, he would be. Yes. Yes, he would. They were like tag team partners for forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing re- going with that show. So they have, and I don't know how much of this is y- y- fake and how much is real. Very much so like wrestling (laughs) and the stuff that goes on behind the scenes, but they, they have, or they do not, they have Austin hooks up with Pat Penatar's daughter, Hannah. Yeah. And then the next day. She starts, they live in the same bunkhouse. She he starts ghosting him as much as humanly possible. Like he, he goes up to her and he's just like trying to get breakfast or whatever. He's like, hey, how's your day going? She says like, oh, good, and walks away. And Aww. you just constantly see things like he enters a room, she leaves and like in the little confessional thing or the interviews that they do. She's like, oh yeah, well, I just, don't want him to think that this is something like this is just us having fun so she's just being awful to him like if the if the shoe was on the other foot and he was doing this to her everyone would be up in arms so they this goes on for like a day or two and then they go out like everyone goes out for their last hurrah and Austin gets really drunk. She won't dance with him or anything. They're learning to square dance or whatever. So he starts talking to a woman that's there and dancing with her. And she gets so mad and gets like in a big huff. And she has no right to do that because, and this isn't even the problem. Like this is problematic, but this is not the most problematic she has no ownership over him. She has been treating him like garbage since they hooked up. These are classic abuser tactics. Classic. So she says like, oh, we have to leave him here. And she's trying to get everyone against him type stuff. Yeah. So, and Harry Bob Thornton, Billy Bob Thornton's kid is just like, oh, this isn't going to go well for Austin because he called this woman a bitch, which isn't great, but she took and threw an entire her entire bowl of mac and cheese at him in public. Like, oh my God, she is a violent person. So they leave him there. He has to get home, I guess, an Uber or whatever is out in the middle of nowhere. The producers definitely get him back. Yeah. Um, so she's saying about how she's going to go after him and like, all this other stuff. And so he walks in and she, he looks at her and goes, are you, are you mad at me? And she goes, am I mad at you? And, he's, and she goes up and she 
slaps him really hard across the face and he just stops and goes turns around he walks out and Mm he which that was the only thing he could do is remove himself from that situation so he's out there with i think a producer or someone and there i mean he he is drunk uh nobody else had been drinking as much as him he got lit and she hears him laughing as i think they're taking his mic and stuff off of him um and he's being it, it appears he's being kind to like the producers and whoever else is around and he's just like she hit me i can't believe she slapped me she hears him laughing and comes out and starts going at him again oh and God. he walks away again and he goes to it's like a minivan or whatever and he's sitting there and she's yelling and stuff at him and he takes and yells back at her because she says something about his receding hairline so he responds something about her nose because it's she's had a nose job and she herself has talked about that like she made a joke about she's open about the fact that she had a nose job and she comes back and like attacks him in the car so he puts up his leg to defend himself and she like falls back she goes he kicked me he kicked me and she's like limping and harry who is the guy who does not like austin gun like they have not gotten along like they're the ones that have had fights throughout he's just like i am not an austin fan but he didn't do anything wrong she's the one she ran at that car to attack him like no so at this point, so I'm watching all of this with the job that I have, just being like, this woman is an abuser. She has clearly never had repercussions for her actions, as women very rarely do, and for this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Austin is not there the next day for... um the grand reopening of the ranch and he's supposed to be like the trail leader he's been the one doing most of the stuff this whole time so i don't know like they haven't said if he's coming back or not i i wouldn't i i don't blame him if he doesn't and it sucks because he's the one who did so much work to get to that point like that's a bummer yeah and, and then of course she's like oh i'll feel bad if this was my fault like this really was bad and even later that night you know, while she's icing her leg, there's not even a red mark on it, by the way. And the only reason that she would have got, he literally, he's pulling up his leg to protect like himself. That was it. That's a natural reaction when someone's coming at you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, especially being drunk is not a reason to physically attack anyone or anything else. But the fact that he was also, really drunk and did not react in a physical way to her and the only thing he said really was about her nose made me have more respect for austin um it's not good and i don't know why she was allowed to stay yeah because like any other reality show if you touch another contestant like obviously not like you know hug or i mean you could touch other contestants if if you harm yeah, if you like even attempt to, there you you're like if you actually physically hurt someone, like I Big Brother, I remember at probably like 
maybe like six, seven years ago, um, somebody like hit someone else or almost hit them and they were gone. They were taken mm-hmm. right off the shelf. Done. You're gone. Yeah. Like, and the producers had to get involved and pull her away from him twice, maybe three she, times. She should have been removed. Yeah. That was not a safe place for him or anybody else because she started threatening Harry because he had said to her, uh, you both did things you shouldn't have done tonight. And she's like, you better watch what you say next. And he, she has already thrown shit at him. So he was like, <laughs> yeah, I, that does, that does suck for guys because when they're abused, it's never taken seriously. Mm-hmm. It, it rarely is. And there are women that do abuse their partners and like guys get called a lot of awful names when they're abused by their partner and it's not taken seriously. And that, that needs a change because it's not always the guy that, you know, is the abusive one. There are a lot of abusive women out there as well. And and abuse can also happen in um, LGBTQ, LGBTQ plus relationships. Um, mm-hmm. a, an abuser can be anyone, just like a victim can. Yep. And like. <sighs> a shitty person is going to be a shitty person, regardless of what they're like, you know, who they're attracted to. Like Exactly. Shitty 100%. people are just shitty people. doesn't matter what's in their pants or what's in the pants of those they're attracted to. Like. If you're going to be awful, you're going to be awful. And it shouldn't be whoever's being abused shouldn't be made fun of for it. And that mm-hmm. happens a lot to men, like in particular, a lot to men. And yeah. that's something that definitely needs to change. Yeah. And I mean, we don't take people still don't take the abuse of women seriously. Look at what happened with Brianna or Brianna, Rihanna and Chris Brown. Um, or even this very disturbing behavior from Kanye towards Kim Kardashian, Pete Davidson, and anyone they know. It's, it's, abusers in general are not held accountable for, until they go too far. Mm -hmm. And even then, um, a man who kills his girlfriend, spouse, whatever, it will likely spend six to seven years in prison. Whereas a woman who kills her spouse or boyfriend, 12 years on average. So you're, they're getting half the prison time for killing someone. And usually women, like when women do murder a significant other, it's for different reasons. Like they've been getting abused for years. Mm-hmm. Um, but the sad reality is men who are abused it's it's often people who are abused in general do not seek help because of the stigma and everything else attached to it men specifically and folks um of the lgbtq plus community do not seek help because of the lack it's not even necessarily a lack of resources that they, they don't know about them, but it's a lack of understanding, even from medical professionals, which is something that my job is directed at trying to fix, at least in our area. Um, but yeah, it was, oh, I was so mad. I was so mad on behalf, on like Austin's behalf. I was like, I don't know how much of this is real. 
but she needs to be gone. <laughs> yeah, that's horrible. I feel terrible for him. Yeah. And I did not, I didn't check Twitter after, but maybe I should have. Instead, I put on the Southpaw wrestling because I think like, I need an upper now. Yeah, that'll definitely be an upper for you. Mm-hmm. That shit's hilarious. Yeah. So that is my my rant uh, in defense of Austin Gunn. <laughs> so, which is I when I first put on that ridiculous show, I did not think that I would have any of the opinions I now have <laughs> at all. That's so. wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I. Good on the ass boys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the ass boys. They're never going to escape that. No, no, they are not. <laughs> I think they're fine with it, though, in reality. Oh, yeah, probably. I'm sure they find it funny. Yeah, I'm sure some bully on the playground probably said that to them when they were growing up anyway. So. Yeah, I can see that because if your dad's on been... national TV by the name of Mr. X. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it probably would have been like the height of that too when they were like in elementary school and yeah, because they're both I think in their twenties. I think Austin's in his mid twenties. He's mid. Yeah, so if they're like ten years younger than me, then yeah, they would have been elementary school because I was like middle school, high school when all that was going on. Yeah, I mean, elementary school kids don't usually have the best insults, but when it's right there ass boys definitely seems like the level of like a third grader (laughs) yeah definitely when you first discover cursing when you're like in third (laughs) and fourth grade and every other word out of your mouth is a curse when your parents aren't around because you think you're cool bus rides man i don't know about you but bus rides were just when all the curses came spewing out oh yeah i remember being legit in like third or fourth grade and that's when like fuck started becoming a part of my vocabulary Mm-hmm. I have a very like my bus was insane and we were so loud and I just remember us all sitting in the back yelling fuck the one day <laughs> oh god oh I didn't have a bus until middle school because my elementary school I can probably I can literally like throw a rock at it from my house that I grew up in which is where I live now so I, I just walked two blocks to school but when I got into middle school, um, <clears throat> I had to get bused to another part of the city because uh, I'm in I'm in North and my school is in West. So I had to get bused and we were known as the worst bus in the Scranton school district. Um, we used to get called down. We'd get called to the cafeteria by the principal just as a bus, like just the bus in whole. They would be well, we were bus 79, I think we were. And they'd be like, please report to the cafeteria. And they would just like bring all of us to the cafeteria to scream at us for whatever we did that day. I, they, one of my friends, I was, I was out sick and I came, I went to school the next day and I went to get in my seat in the bus and my seat wasn't there. It was just the metal frame of the seat. I'm like, what, what happened to my seat? My friend and another kid cut all the green like leather oh. and the padding out and they threw it out the window of the bus and they hit a u.s post office mail truck with it 
and got in a shit ton of trouble. They used to lay the garbage cans on fire in the back. They used to open up the emergency exit at stoplights. Some kids would jump out. They legit the worst bus in the city. It was terrible. It was hell being on that bus because I wasn't like an awful kid. Like I was like a slacker and like, you know, occasionally got detention and shit, but I wasn't like lighting things on fire or throwing fruit at the back of the bus driver's head. So, you know, he can crash and kill us all. (laughs) It was a wild time for three years in middle school. My God. Yeah. I, so I remember in middle school. So we had the sweet old man bus driver in the afternoon. And the one day I was one of the last stops he had it was either a stroke or a heart attack while driving and we went into a ditch it was on a farm and which gives you an idea of where how far out in the boonies live because it's like right up the road from my house and we didn't know what like we were a bunch of kids we didn't know what to do thankfully like a parent was there because we they just dropped off a kid and he went and got his parents and they called uh, like the school and called 911 and all of that. I don't even remember how we got home. I just remember sitting there and being because we all got thrown, obviously, when we went into the ditch. And so we didn't have him, I think, ever again. But he was he was such a sweet older man. But the we were hell then for we never acted up for him but we were complete hell for whoever was after him and there was this woman who was awful i remember her name her last name was fox (laughs) and she screamed at us at the beginning of each like you have the reputation for being the worst bus in the district and when she said that we all cheered and (laughs) And when, when then she said to us, this is how she started the relationship with us. She was like, you killed your last bus driver. And that's when we were like, oh, you're in trouble now, ma'am. But we didn't do anything like that. Like we didn't destroy anything. Like we might've like written on the back of seats, like kids do. Like we were just loud and obnoxious. No, they Um, flat out ripped that seat right out. I didn't have a seat for a little bit. I had like, we had a triple up, me and the girl I sat with had a triple up with two other, like other people in other seats. I felt so bad for him. His name was Chester. I'll never forget it because they used to yell at him, Chester, Chester, child molester. And I always felt so bad for him. Like he was an older guy. He was like, he didn't deserve any. He's probably, he's, he's got to be passed now. I mean, he was ancient when. And that was 96. So, I mean, I, he's got to be gone by now. But I I always felt so bad for him because the kids were horrible. Like, poor, like, they would legit throw fruit at this guy when he was driving. Oh, my God. And tear apart his bus. And I'm, like, jumping over the seats because fights would break out. And, like, it was just... I, I took a different bus for a little while. I had my mom write a note <clears throat> and I used my grandparents' address that was a couple blocks away because it was a different bus. And I didn't realize that like not all buses were that insane. And I get in this bus and like everyone's like sitting there and they're quiet and like get kind of a little rowdy in the back seat, but like nothing, nothing on fire. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> just like, oh, okay, I like this bus. Mm-hmm. But I ended up going back to my old one because my friends pestered me into it. <laughs> yeah, that was 
That was some good times. Yeah. Well, I have no idea how we got to the buses. I, I don't know how we get to half the shit that we talk about, Sabrina, <laughs> but here we are. <laughs> I feel safe in saying that this is really the only big offshoot we've done today, right? Yes, I remember. Because we were talking about the, the ass boys, elementary school. Ah, uh, like, yeah. Cursing. When we started cursing. cursing and then it, yes. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, we've, we've been really good. We haven't really gone on a lot of non-wrestling related tangents today. <laughs> there we go. We're getting better. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're still not three plus hours long so at least we got that going yes i actually had a i can't it was two and a half hours the last one and i could not get the video to upload because it was too much oh no i'm gonna have to like cut it in half i realized that today when i the the audio was fine to go for like just the podcast but up on youtube i couldn't so i'm gonna have to like cut it in half was i with you for the last one like in person or was that two ago yeah that was two weeks ago okay (laughs) yeah because there was the the scare last week oh yeah because i thought i might have been infected but thankfully i wasn't can't say the same thing for my poor father and my brothers (laughs) yeah well thankfully two out of the three of them are feeling okay so just gotta hope that the last one feels better soon yeah I think, is there anything else you wanted to touch on this week? No, I think we got, I don't even think we talked about the SmackDown, but I don't remember what happened on it, so I don't think it matters. <laughs> yeah, it was technically before they went to Saudi Arabia when it was oh, supposed Sammy. to be. Sammy, is our, we got a new Oh, one. yeah. Yes. Yes, we did. Yes. Which everyone that, found um, out beforehand, obviously, because there was a the picture internet. posted. <laughs> yeah. But, but um, yeah, that's one thing I did want to kind of touch on, but not much to say about it besides like I'm happy for him. Like Sammy's one of my like top favorites in that company. So he's yeah. having a ball, it seems. Yeah, he has been since he's turned. He's another one that I didn't think like heel would work on him. And it it does. I mean, I'm not going to lie. It's been a long time. I do kind of want to see him go back to being a face and because he, he doesn't wears- yeah, he wears crazy well. He doesn't wrestle the same though. Like I miss like he's so good. He's so good in the ring. And him wrestling as a heel, he doesn't really pull a lot of the same moves and it's a lot of, you know, like the escaping the ring or like someone else interfering and not really being Sammy in the ring. That's that's what why like one thing I just miss about him being a face. Like I he's just so good and I miss seeing his matches where he really lets out like lets loose and goes all out and I haven't seen that really since he's become a heel so yeah it's kind of just I miss old Sammy in the ring yeah if Uh, he can like keep the out like he can keep the personality he has for like promos and whatnot and do like the whole paranoid like everybody's out to get me but I'd like to see him at least like wrestle like he used to like a happy medium that'd be fine like yeah um 
YouTube took and recommended to me this week and I watched it tests last interview. Oh God. And it was out of character. And I was like, Oh God, my phone's been listening to me. <laughs> tests only fan. Yeah, they do that. <laughs> yeah. It's like, Oh, but oh, it was so sad because knowing that he died not that long after, because he was talking about how happy he was and how lucky he was that he, he's like, I've been to eight funerals already this week. And I realized like if I didn't change my life around, I would have um, been next. And he's like, I'm feeling great. He, That's you know. always so haunting when you see interviews like that. It's yeah. Just- yeah. He's like, I'm just enjoying my life. I was smart with my money. Like I'll never have to work again. I'm like, you never did work again. That's that's correct. No, I was just like, oh, it was so sad. Um, on a less sad note, <laughs> the reason I got to the test thing was I got really excited because I saw Buddy Murphy now. Buddy Matthews, it had has debuted in AEW, and I love that he's he's now the disciple of <laughs> of who was Aleister Black. Now it's Malachi Black. Um, and the house of black. I just, I, I love it. I love I, their magic together. Granted, mm-hmm. I want them facing each other, but we'll definitely get there. Yeah. I think we'll eventually get there. I, like I said to you, I definitely want to see Kenny and buddy at some point because their move sets are pretty similar. They have mm-hmm. a lot of like a lot of the same stuff that they do. And I think it would be really fun to see those two in the ring together. Yeah. I also feel like I would like to see him against uh CM Monk. Yeah. <laughs> CM Monk. CM Monk. <laughs> it's CM Punk's next gimmick. Uh, <laughs> he's really like found his Oh my god, calm. I just put like the fryer haircut on him. <laughs> oh god, that's basically what Wardlow has now. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Oh jeez. <laughs> CM Monk. And we just found the title of this episode. CM Monk. <laughs> I'm actually going to write that down. <laughs> Yabadoo. <laughs> oh, I'm getting punchy. Yep. <laughs> in the podcast. Well, everyone, I think that's a good point to leave. <laughs> uh, yes. Yes. So. In the name of our Lord and Savior, John Cena, hustle, loyalty, and respect. Yabadoo. Yabadoo. <laughs> <laughs>